I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that shines a light on the ups and downs of everyday history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're examining one of the fastest and most pointless gunfights in the history of the Wild West. The day was April 14, 1881. A gunfight at a saloon in downtown El Paso, Texas left four men dead in five seconds. Even in one of the most violent towns of a decidedly violent era, the event stands out due to its swift and brutal conclusion. It was also distinguished by the involvement of a Texas lawman named Dallas Stoudenmire. He had served just three days as the Marshal of El Paso when the shooting began, and he was the one who did most of the shooting. Three of the four casualties that day were the work of Marshal Stoudenmire, including an innocent bystander. The ordeal began a day earlier when two vaqueros named Sanchez and Juarique crossed into Texas in search of some cattle that had been stolen from their employer's ranch in Mexico. As they approached El Paso, they spotted a herd being driven north to the ranch of Johnny Hale, a well-known cattle rustler. The vaqueros began trailing the herd to confirm that it was theirs, but that evening they were discovered and killed by two of Hale's men. The next day, on the morning of April 14th, 
a group of about 75 armed Mexicans rode into El Paso. They had been hired by the Mexican rancher whose cattle had been stolen. They were sent to find the missing vaqueros, and they hoped, for everyone's sake, that someone in the town could point them in the right direction. Hoping to avoid unnecessary bloodshed, a town constable named Gus Krempkow agreed to help conduct a search, and he knew just the place to look first, too. Krempkow and the posse rode 13 miles northwest to Hale's Ranch. When they arrived, the riders found two bodies lying in the dirt, and sure enough, it was the missing vaqueros. They took the bodies back to El Paso, and that afternoon, an inquest into the deaths was held at the town court. Constable Krempkow, who was fluent in Spanish, served as an interpreter for the Mexican posse. They alleged that Hale and the other rustlers had stolen cattle from Mexico and then murdered the two men who came looking for it, perhaps fearing that they might otherwise return with more men. It also came to light that two known associates of John Hale, Fredericks and Purvey, had been overheard earlier that day bragging about two Mexican cowboys they had killed the night before. Meanwhile, just outside the courthouse, a large crowd had gathered, including John Hale and the former town marshal, George Campbell. Hale, Campbell, and the others didn't like the fact that a large group of armed Mexicans had come to seek justice in their town. They also didn't like that one of their own, Constable Krempkow, had offered to help them in that pursuit. Where exactly, they wondered, did his real allegiance lie? Luckily, the restless crowd didn't have enough time to work itself into a proper frenzy. The court quickly determined that Fredericks and Purvey were the likely killers. They were charged and arrested on the spot, and their trial was set for a later date. With that, the court was adjourned. The crowd outside dispersed, and the Mexicans rode back home to give their comrades a proper burial. At first, it seemed like the town had dodged a bullet and that there wouldn't be any more killing that day. But unfortunately, John Hale and George Campbell had other ideas. When the court adjourned early that evening, Constable Krempkow went next door to Keating's saloon to retrieve the weapons he'd stowed there earlier. Outside the bar, Krempkow was confronted by a drunken Campbell and Hale, who accused him of harboring sympathies for Mexicans. Campbell said something to the effect of, any American that's a friend of Mexicans ought to be hanged. Kremkow asked if that was a threat, at which point Campbell reportedly backed down, telling the constable that he meant nothing by it and was just upset about the armed posse that had come to town. Kremkow said, fair enough, and once again, it seemed like bloodshed would be avoided. That's when John Hale, misunderstanding the situation entirely, grabbed one of Campbell's two pistols from its holster and shouted, George, I've got you covered. He then shot Krempkow at near point-blank range, sending the constable stumbling backward into a saloon door, alive but badly injured. A second later, the doors of the Globe restaurant across the street burst open. Marshal Staudenmeyer heard the gunshot while having dinner and immediately rushed out into the street with two guns drawn and ready. With zero grasp of what was going on, the marshal started firing wildly as he ran toward the saloon. His first shot struck and killed a Mexican bystander named Ochoa, 
The man had just bought a bag of peanuts and was trying to get away from the violence when the marshal mistook him for a threat. John Hale ducked behind an adobe pillar to avoid the same fate, but when he peeked out from it a moment later, the marshal's second bullet hit him right between the eyes. With Hale dead, George Campbell stepped out from behind his cover with a pistol drawn and yelled, Gentlemen, this is not my fight. And by all accounts, he was right. It was Hale who had shot Constable Kremkow, and he had been subdued, and then some. Unfortunately for Campbell, it had all happened so fast that Kremkow wasn't sure who had shot him. As the wounded constable lay slumped against the wall of the saloon, he managed enough strength to draw his revolver and fire two bullets at the man he thought had shot him. Campbell was struck in his foot and in his wrist, at which point he dropped his gun. He instinctively reached down to pick it up, and when he did, Marshal Stoudenmire shot him straight through the stomach. Campbell fell on the dusty street, furious that he'd been shot three times for no good reason. He glared up at the marshal and shouted, You big SOB, you murdered me. Marshal Stoudenmire made no reply. Once the smoke cleared, Ochoa, John Hale, George Campbell, and Constable Krempkow were all dead. The whole bloody affair had lasted roughly five seconds, although some witnesses maintained it was more like ten seconds. In either case, it was a shocking and senseless loss of life that played out in a matter of seconds. Marshal Stoudenmire was the only person to walk away from the altercation, and over the course of the next year, he would go on to kill six more people in shootouts. The town's substantial crime rate had actually taken a dive under his watch, but the Marshal had made a lot of enemies thanks to his actions at the Battle of Keating Saloon. In the year and a half that followed, he thwarted several attempts on his life by friends of Hale and Campbell. Eventually, though, the past caught up with him, and Dallas Stoudenmire was killed during a shootout on September 18, 1882. Try as I might, I couldn't find any information on the outcome of Frederick's and Purvey's murder trial. Much like their victims, the killer's story seems to have been overshadowed by the four dead in five seconds gunfight, which was itself overshadowed by the gunfight at the OK Corral later that year. It was an early example of what's become an all-too-common problem in America, one instance of gun violence being followed so quickly by another, and another, that the public eventually loses track altogether. It's a grim cycle to be stuck in, no question, but hope endures in El Paso and elsewhere that one day we may break it yet. I'm Gabe Lusier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.